0: This program has been made by the friends and partners of Jennifer LeClaire Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. How do we become kinder people? Because the, 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 the spirit of rude has infiltrated the church to the point that sometimes it's hard to tell who's Christian and who's not Christian. Listen, just because people have a cross around their neck does not mean that they are saved. So Lee Grady, Lee Grady is a former editor of Charisma Magazine, and he wrote this article a while ago about the 10 rudest things people do in church, and he wrote it because he was in church one time, and people's phones always go off. We're kind of used to that. I mean, we ought to put it on silent, but we forget. You know, we forget. It's legit. We forget. But this one lady, he said, like, halfway through the middle, you know, her phone rang. She picks up her phone. She begins to have a long and detailed conversation in the middle of the church, in the middle of the message, like as if she were in the beauty salon. And he he was like, nobody could like, I mean, come on, somebody say rude. I mean, you know, people, I, I couldn't believe it. So he couldn't believe it. He shared it on Facebook and he said, what are the rudest things you've seen people do in church? And he gathered the most common answers, and he listed them. And, uh, and he said this. He said the most common answers were talking during service. Somebody say rude. Rude. He said texting or surfing the web during a service. Rude. We had a visiting worship leader one time, sat right there in the back, and the entire time, the entire time on Facebook. The entire time. And somebody else told me because they were grieved. It's like, you're the worship leader, dude. You got to represent better than that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're a teenager. You're bored because your mom dragged you to church. So guess who won't be coming back? Amen. We take it seriously around here. The presence of God, there's nothing. <laughs> we cannot grieve the Holy Spirit. Amen. We must not. Sleeping or snoring during a sermon. <laughs> somebody say Rude. You saw me go wake up the homeboy last time when he fell asleep. Second service. You saw me. Listen, I don't play. We can't grieve the Holy Spirit. Clipping fingernails during church. You've 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 seen that, haven't you? Somebody say nasty. Answering a ringing phone. Constantly getting up and leaving the sanctuary—that is troublesome. Some people have small bladders, but some people—I mean—they're in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, uh, walking, uh, letting, uh, walking out of service, especially during offering or prayer, rude. rude. Letting babies cry incessantly during the whole service, rude. Chewing or smacking gum. Oh, somebody all like, somebody all like rude <laughs> we really ought not beat you and gum in the sanctuary you know why because it gets on the floor and then the ladies that clean the church they get really upset amen then we got to cast you know anger demons out of them so don't do that and then people when they're overboard on public displays of affection in church that was listed as well amen like let I'm not talk about holding hands i mean like it's a little over a little much So I'm sure that you would never do any of these things, right? But we do other things that are also rude. And the sad part is we don't always know when we're being rude. Maybe rude was modeled to us while we were growing up. And we don't know better. Sometimes we're just not taught right. And unfortunately, we sometimes are the rudest to the people that we love the most. Are the people that we're most familiar with because we think, well, you know me, you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm like, I ain't dealing with that. Uh-uh. I'm going to cast that devil right out of you. I'm not dealing with your spirit of rude. Amen. <laughs> and so, you know, Jesus wasn't, some people say, well, I have a headache. Well, that does not excuse your poor behavior. You can't pull the rude card because you have a headache. Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was not rude. Ooh, conviction has just hit the room. He wasn't rude. The Holy Spirit is not rude. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman, and he is kind. And when he came to live on the inside of you, he brought all of his fruit with him. That means he brought kindness. That means we have a choice, right? We can, even when we don't feel like it, even when people are nasty to us, we can be kind. And when we do, we're living in the Spirit. When we do, we're manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, but we have to begin to learn some practical tools on how to cultivate that, right? Like practically speaking, what do we do? How do we, how do we become kinder people? Because the, 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 the spirit of rude has infiltrated the church to the point that sometimes it's hard to tell who's Christian and who's not Christian. Listen, just because people have a cross around their neck does not mean that they are saved. Jesus, help us. Remember, kindness is caring about someone else's well-being and taking action to make their lives better, even if it's just a small act of kindness. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. Just something little. Even a smile will brighten someone's day. You know, if you smile at somebody, they'll smile back at you. Amen. Watch. Look at all your bright, shining, smiling faces. Amen. Just a smile. Proverbs eleven seventeen, 17, your kindness will reward you, but your cruelty will destroy you. And so we have a choice. We have a choice. Nobody can make you be rude. Swapping evil for evil is anti-Bible. Your scripture says return good for evil. So when someone's being, my mom used to tell me, kill him with kindness. Anybody's mom tell, tell you that? Right? Because, and the scripture says it this way, a soft answer turns away wrath, if you want to get more scriptural about it. But see, you might not know you're being rude, and, this, and the spirit of rude is often accepted in today's world, right? And what was, what, what, what's considered rude today, you know, what's, what was considered rude, you know, 20 years ago? or, or It's like people don't think it's rude today. Somehow, like the societal expectations of how we treat one another have changed. And you know why? Because Scripture says in Timothy that in the last days, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, disrespectful to parents, dishonorable, contentious, envious. The deeper we get into the end times, the more people are going to flesh out the works of the flesh instead of the fruit of the Spirit. And we need to be a people who are intentional about cultivating this fruit. Because if we're not, listen, we'll start to flesh out. And if you practice if you practice sin for long enough, if you allow your flesh to dominate your life for long enough, you will eventually attract demons who fortify that fleshly deed hmm so we need to start being kind and loving one another listen we need to be all about relationships the kingdom of God is relational amen it's not about you and just Jesus somebody once told me they were offended they left the church this was years ago because every time I say something I don't know why but somebody comes back to me and says who are you talking about were you talking about so-and-so no I wasn't talking about so-and-so I was talking about somebody a so-and-so from ten years ago right you know, we have to understand that it's she, she left the church. She was offended. She left the church because she, she, she didn't get to be my number two. I wasn't going to let her be my number two, and she left the church. And she, how she did it was like this. She said, she said well, the, well, well, she says, let me get all religious. <laughs> she said, Jesus told me to sit in my room with him alone for the next 12 months, three days, and 45 minutes. It was a precise word. Jesus told me just to sit in the glory all by myself. I said, that must have been another Jesus that Paul was talking about because God doesn't call us to separate ourselves from the community. Scripture says, do not neglect the fellowship of the saints. Amen? Amen. And so we have to be careful because we'll allow the spirit of the world to come upon us changing. So here's some things that are considered rude. If you think it's rude, say rude. We're going, figure, we're going to figure out. We're going to do a little test. We're going to be able to tell who, who, who has, you know, good morals and who's, like, really rude. <laughs> Changing plans last minute a lot and canceling often. Yeah. Ignoring the person right in front of you to look through your phone. Yeah. Y'all just saying that when you know you're doing it. No, we don't do that, do we? Isn't it rude? Because you have to be where you are when you're there. When you're constantly looking at your screen and someone's trying to tell you something dear and near to their heart, and you're looking at your screen, you're telling them, look, this, this my Facebook status and how many people liked it is more important to me than your heart. Right? So we have to put the phone down. Blaring music, I hate this one. We're on Every time we would go on an international flight, somebody's got their their beats, you know, You know, your headphones on, headset on. The whole 14 hours. You remember that? But I know this. I know this. If I was blaring, Jesus, you're beautiful, the demonized stewardess would come over and say, I'm sorry, ma'am, you're bothering the people around you. But let homeboy, you know, play, you know, violent, vile, murderous. And I'm telling them, they don't care. Well, it's his prerogative, ma'am. Okay. Jesus, you're beautiful. Wearing too much perfume. (laughs) Interrupting people when they talk. Asking prying questions. Very rude. Very rude. <laughs> Grooming in public. I mean, even some people, I mean, they sit there. This, we had this one lady, and she'd sit there, and 15 times, she, she, she unbraids her hair, rebraids it. Unbraids her hair, rebraids it. Unbraids her hair, rebraids it. And when in between, she's putting on chapstick. I'm like, <sighs> <sighs> amen jesus said adorn this the the, the inner man i mean if we listen i'm all for makeup i'm all for looking nice amen you mean it's good to put some some paint on the barn as they say you know we don't need to be walking around you know looking like ghosts and i'm extremely pale you know i need some help so you know what i'm saying augment my natural beauty right but dear god I mean, you know, you got to pull your mirror out, put lipstick on in the front row, we got a problem. Houston, we got a problem. So these things, they're rude, they're rude. Jeff Bezos, how many of you ever heard of him? He's the CEO of Amazon, right? When he was a kid, he, he was really, really smart, and he was a math whiz, and he saw this study or this commercial, or whatever it was, on like how many years of your life are taken away by smoking. And so he 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 asked his grandpa. He's like, well, how many years has grandma been smoking? And like, you know, forty-seven years. So he went. He added it up, and he went over to grandma and he said, grandma, you know that you have cut twelve years off your life through smoking. And he's ten years old. His grandma started to weep. And cry like she was devastated. She was so hurt. She couldn't believe it. So the grandfather went over to have a talking to, to give give a talk, not a whooping, a talking to. Went over, gave a talking to, and he said this. He said, "You'll learn one day that it's much harder to be kind than it is to be clever." Are you living in the spirit? Living in the spirit is more than moving in signs, wonders, and miracles. Living in the Spirit is being empowered by the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is receiving guidance from the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is keeping in step with the Spirit, and so much more. So how do you live in the Spirit? In my new series, I'll teach you how to live a life that attracts the presence of God, positions you for promotion, brings breakthrough blessings, and so much more. Check out my new series, Living in the Spirit, at schoolofthespirit.tv. Watch online at schoolofthespirit.tv slash living. What would happen if your mornings for the next three weeks began with a date with the Holy Spirit? I have a free 21-day plan that could transform your life. Register now to download this free 21-day devotional guide to start your journey to knowing the Holy Spirit more intimately. Each devotional contains prophetic words the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart day to day as I spent time with Him. I pray that they'll also speak to your heart, stir your faith, and cause you to press in to hear the Spirit of God for yourself. You can also join me for mornings with the Holy Spirit prayer calls Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. on every social media outlet. But pick up your copy of this 21 days with the Holy Spirit at jenniferleclair.org slash Jim Baker. We don't need to be snarky with people, we don't have to have the last word. Amen. We don't have to always clap back. Come on. We don't have to do that. So then how do you cultivate kindness? How do we cultivate that fruit of kindness in our lives? Like for real. Like like how can we be intentional about being more kind? Because Jesus expects us to represent him in the earth. We are ambassadors for Christ. We are supposed to be living epistles read of all men. When people look at you, what are they reading about you? Are they reading the love of God, the kindness of God, the gentleness of God, the long-suffering of God? Or are they reading bitterness and resentment and rudeness? Because they see. Even unbelievers have some discernment. You know that, right? People can see. And so we're walking around, you know, like I said, with our Jesus pin and our bumper sticker honk, if you love Jesus, right? And we're playing Hillsong on our, you know, ears, in our ears during our lunch break, and we're doing all of that. When we come back to work, if we're rude, that doesn't represent Jesus rightly. So then, but, but here's the thing, we all have issues, we all have challenges, we all have bad days, come on. Some of us have, have trauma or grief or physical pain, right? We have all this stuff going on, but still, it's not an excuse, it's not a, So how do we cultivate that? The first thing is we have to really meditate. When I say meditate, I don't mean listen to me say it in church and then go home and forget about it. I mean actually go underline the verses in scripture about the kindness of God and meditate on them until you are so convinced of the kindness of God that you have to show that kindness to other people. Until you receive such a deep revelation of how kindly he's treated you so many times, even when you didn't recognize it even when you didn't realize it his kindness is manifesting all around you every day the kindness of God is shining down on you even if we don't discern it many times we don't catch God blessing us we don't understand we don't see what's going on but you know how much warfare he prevents from attacking you do you know how many times you know you could have gotten in a fatal car crash, but Jesus saved you? Do you know how many times you got the job, but it was going to go to somebody else, and it went to you, and you never even knew about it? God is kind, and we need to meditate on how kind he is until we're so renewed in our mind that we are so filled with his kindness because we can't give away something we don't have. And many times people who are rude, it's because they haven't experienced the kindness of God. And scripture says the kindness of God leads us to repentance. And that word repentance in the Greek is montaneo, which just means the way we think and many people have a wrong paradigm of Jesus they don't see him as a kind God they see him as a judge and he is a judge but he's also our king and he's also our bridegroom and he's also full of mercy and grace he is he is everything to us he died on a cross to pay the price for our sin that was kind and many people paint him as this mean cruel old man in the sky with a long beard and a hammer ready to pop just every time we make a mistake and they walk around condemned and confused overwhelmed and not understanding what the will the Lord is and so that's what we represent to people when we judge people we're not acting like Jesus the judge he's a righteous judge when we judge people we're acting like carnal Christians we want to be kind listen it doesn't take a prophet to tell somebody you know that they you know yeah every people sometimes I'll be traveling the world and I get somewhere well you look tired well thank you that's edifying appreciate that you know your makeup's kind of well you know, I've been on a plane for 36 hours thank you very much what's your excuse I mean uh, bless you <laughs> you know I mean seriously why do we have to go around telling everybody what's wrong with each other Le- you look, 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 look you have Holy Spirit but you are not Holy Ghost Junior Amen. And the Holy Spirit wants to say kind things. Let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only that which is edifying. And I'm not talking about when you have to correct your kids, right, or have a difficult conversation with your spouse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about why, why. You know, I had some kind of little blemish on my, on my, chin right here last week. Well, dear God, you know, I'm, a, I'm in the public. I'm in the public eye. If you're in the public eye, you're always going to be criticized. So all of you, some of you that, well, you want to be famous. You want to be the next whoever. Well, you better get ready for the criticism and you better get ready to be picked apart. You better get ready to have people send you trash, nasty accusations. You better get ready. So, I mean, you can't even see it, but they must have zoomed in on the video and gotten a magnifying glass. And they want to say, You have poor skin hygiene. You, you must not be washing your face properly. Let me tell you how it's done. But this is all day, everywhere. Day. So, so there was this guy that came here and he, he came from, I'm not going to say where because everybody to think of who I'm talking about. But he, every day he posts on his, on his Facebook uh, Jennifer LeClaire is a witch. She's a high priestess of Satan. Well, he's, he came out of a mental facility, you know, and clearly he's behaving that way. But you know what we do? We pray for him. We show him kindness. Why? Because I have a revelation of the kindness of God. And I know that if I want to move in authority and move in power, that I need to do what Scripture says, obey the word that says, bless those who curse you. But here's the thing. People are just not very kind at all even in the church and I think we need to deal listen I don't expect unbelievers to be kind they don't have the Holy Ghost but let's deal with us in the church how are we going to get it straight in the world we can't give it, even get it straight in the house of God Now I'm so glad none of y'all are like that amen I know I know y'all like that but there's some people watching online and they got demons they need help amen say they need help amen all those people on TV Amen. So start with the revelation of God's kindness. Meditate on the kindness of God. Nehemiah 9, verse 17. Nehemiah 9, verse 17. says, God is slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Isaiah prophesied to the Israelites in Isaiah 54, verse 8. With everlasting loving kindness, I will have compassion on you. And he may as well be talking to you. That promise works for you. David said in Psalm 63, verse 3, because of your loving loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. God is so kind. God is so kind. Now here's the next thing. You need to be kind to yourself. Tell your neighbor, be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Some of you, I know you well enough to know that you beat yourself up and it's not even that you did anything wrong it's it's the flaming missile from the wicked one who tells you you did this wrong and you're no good and you're allowing that flaming missile to strike your heart and you're not you're not you're not talking back you're not saying no no that's not true of me my God loves me so many people are not kind to themselves we need to let learn to, 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 to to practice self compassion self compassion is being kind to yourself listen accepting yourself as you are Listen, listen, we might not be where we need to be, but we've changed. We're growing. Thank God we're not where we used to be. Come on, how many of you have grown over the last year? Amen. We've grown. So we're going from glory to glory. Jesus doesn't expect us to be perfect, but yet he promises to perfect us, right? But we have to be kind to ourselves in the process. We're going to fall down. We're going to say dumb things. Sometimes you fall into gross sin and you need to get back up and run to Jesus. Come on. I said sometimes Christians fall into gross sin. I mean, they fall into deep sin. Sometimes Christians who love Jesus with all of their heart, all of their soul, all of their mind, all of their strength fall from the enemy's temptation. They fornicate, they commit adultery, they smoke weed, or they do something that is not in line with the will of God. And still God loves you. So instead of sitting there and running away from God thinking he's mad at you, you run to the throne and you ask him to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Amen. Amen. We don't need to walk around condemned. God is kind. He already made provision for your forgiveness. It's not a license to sin, it's a reason to run to Him when you do. We need to be good to ourselves, kind to ourselves. If we're not kind to ourselves, some, sometimes we're the, it's just you and God, the only ones being kind, even if nobody else will be. God, so instead of judging yourself, accept yourself as you are. You're, you're God's masterpiece. He calls you a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus unto good works that he prepared beforehand that you might walk in them. He wants to just love on you. He wants to be kind to you. Sometimes we won't let God be kind to us. He wants to forgive us and we want want to press into that and stay condemned and beat ourselves up and feel bad and don't come to church. Listen, that's the last thing you ought to do is run away from Jesus. We need to stop worrying about what other people think of us. Focus on what God thinks of you. God always has something nice to say. Even when Israel was in bondage. I mean, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, right? He's prophesying doom. He's prophesying gloom. He's prophesying judgment. You're going to be carried away in captivity. All these things are happening. He's hated. He's, he's persecuted. Nobody wants to hear his message. And yet he was the one who prophesied that I have a future. God says, I have a future and a hope for you, right? We need to be kind to, to ourselves. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Jeffrey, come here, son. In the name of Jesus, I looked over you, and I saw a, 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 like a gas tank symbol, and it said, E. And the Lord said, you've been pouring out and pouring out and pouring out and pouring out for me. For my sake, you've been pouring out, you've been pouring out, you've been pouring out. For my glory, you've been pouring out, you've been pouring out, you've been pouring out. But the Lord says, now I'm about to fill you to overflowing because I want you to keep pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring, and pouring it. Woo, Jesus. Jesus, your beautiful. At Jennifer Leclaire Ministries, our heart is to sow into the lives of people who may never otherwise hear the Gospel of Christ or break out of bondage. Although we've traveled to dozens of nations in strategic missions, to evangelize and equip believers there's more work to do than we can possibly get done by ourselves that's why JLM is partnering with ministries around the world to help them do what they do best we're partnering with ministries in India that are transforming the lives of people with leprosy ministries in Africa that are bringing clean water to the masses global ministries taking the hope of the gospel to the ends of the earth Messiah centered ministries in Israel that are doing the work of Christ in the Middle East ministries that provide a hand of hope to hurting people in America's inner cities and the nation's when you sow into JLM you are sowing into the work of God in the nation's together we're better will you partner with us to take the gospel to the ends of the earth to feed hungry people to bring hope to the addicted and more you can sow a seed today at Jennifer slash missions thank you for your partnership in 2007 the Holy Spirit woke me up in the middle of the night and told me he would bring a third great awakening to the nation I believe we're going to see the greatest great awakening in the history of the world and it will spill over into the nations of the earth for the glory of God I believe we'll see a movement greater than all previous moves of God put together and I know it's predicated on prayer the awakening prayer hubs mission in any city is to draw a diverse group of intercessors who have one thing in common to contend for the Lord's will in its city state and nation Bishop Bill Hammond, Lou Engle, Cindy Jacobs, Mike Bickle, James Gall, Alveda King, and many others are standing with us. Will you start a hub or find a hub in your city at AwakeningPrayerHubs.com?